Thanks for listening to Matt McLaughlin History. Become a subscriber to receive exclusive bonus episodes, ad-free listening, early access to all episodes, and special member-only events. Click on the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash mmhistory. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Living History. This ties in with something I'm doing over on our YouTube channel, which I'd encourage you all to go and check out. It's a brand new video series I'm producing called Letters from Lockdown. And basically, it's just a way of finding out what interesting people are up to during this unprecedented time of being forced to stay at home. So a whole series of um, very interesting interviews that we're doing via video chat with people from their homes as they're, as they're struggling through lockdown. Uh, and so I wanted to bring you the audio of those as well for those who subscribe to the podcast. But please, uh, if once you listen to this, do go over to the YouTube channel, uh, the Living History YouTube channel, and check out the video as well of, of the story. But the first episode of Letters from Lockdown is someone that you know and love from the podcast. It is Peter Hart and Peter from the Imperial War Museum who... Uh, has spent his whole life interviewing veterans about their experience of war and is now newly retired, uh, settling in at home during the period of lockdown, but also working on his great podcast that he does for us, which he does for Living History, which is called Peter Hart's Military History. So he's got quite a few things going on. He's also writing a book on behalf of Living History. So this will be the first book that we publish, that Living History publishers we are now going to be book publishers so it's very exciting lots of exciting things that are happening with peter so i really enjoyed catching up with him to hear how life was like in lockdown in london so i hope you enjoy it peter hart thank you for joining us from london how is uh how is life in lockdown treating you oh it's great it's great it's uh no problem at all here really uh, uh if you're not ill it's uh it's the opportunity to lie back and do fuck all <laughs> <laughs> and who, who are you in lockdown with? Uh, uh, with my with my delightful family. Uh, so uh, there are three women in the house and me, uh, my wife Polly, my daughter Lily, and my other daughter daughter Ruby, who is what's that word? Recalcitrant. <laughs> they must be enjoying seeing more of their dad than they have for many years. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> so so how are you feeling your days i hope uh, hopefully with lots of interesting history research well it's 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 funny because uh, this uh, this australian bastard i know had uh, commissioned me to do a book which i had no intention of doing till the summer uh but um you're in lockdown so i'm spending five or six hours a day working on the, the evacuation book I'm going fantastic to, it's a book and... about the gallipoli evacuation i'm so excited it's the first book that we're publishing as living history, we're going to be book publishers when this thing comes out. So it's all about the Gallipoli evacuation. Tell us about it's, it. It's it's just a great story, Matt. And uh, I've I've stretched it back to uh, to why they were evacuating, obviously. And then uh, the Great Storm is a, just a fantastic emotional story. And 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 if you've got any empathy in you at all, and you know, it's 
just awful. And, and then the sort of tension before they evacuate Anzac, Suvla, will they, and especially Anzac, will they get away with it, you know? And then, and then it, it all goes on to um, um, Hellas, which is actually even worse because, of course, they've already evacuated Suvla and Anzac, and they get away with it again. It's just the tension of the story. Uh, there is fighting because, uh, as usual, the, uh, the, the, the British at Hellas have to make a sort of couple of diversionary attacks and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and it's just a great story. I, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying it because if you hadn't given me the opportunity, then I couldn't have worked on the First World War again because the centenary has killed off military publishing of the Great War for what you call commercial authors who have to make money from it, i.e. authors at its main time. Now I'm a poor pensioner. <laughs> starving. Well, retired, retired now from the Imperial <clears throat> team as well. So. I, am, I am retired. I am retired. Just in uh, time to go to lockdown. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have this theory that actually, you know, they have the, the sort of uh, stories where the person's at the centre of the universe and they're really, there is no universe. It's only them and they're in an isolation ward. And everything's in their imagination. And it occurred to me that when I went into, uh, when, when I retired, I noticed that everybody else in the bloody universe has retired. <laughs> so I am at the centre of the universe. <laughs> I am dreaming. Nice work. Do you know what I like about the Gallipoli book you're working on is that the evacuation is such an important part of the story, the evacuation from Gallipoli, but yeah. it never gets covered. It gets summed up in a quick <clears throat> couple of sentences, and then they launched this great evacuation, which was a great success. Um, but to do it in detail, I think, is really exciting. It is. And what you often hear is you just hear endless stuff about self, self, uh, self-firing self rifles. Now, that's an interesting, you know, the guy who invented it, great, you know, fantastic, lovely bit of ingenuity. We all admire that kind of thing. But is it important? Not as, quite, not as important as the staff work, the solid staff work, but also things like the quiet periods. And I love the quiet periods. So you just go quiet at night. And when the Turks send out of a patrol, you know, you, you let them, let them come up to your wire. And then they, send, they get more and more confident. So next night they come even closer. And then you shoot them all. Now, that's terrible for the families of those poor Turks from a modern perspective. It's remarkably clever because it means when they do go, there's a few self-loading rifles. That gives them 30 minutes. That's all. 30 minutes. And then uh, they, um, you know, then they, they th- it goes quiet. But the Turks think, ah, <laughs> you're not fooling us. <laughs> well, I can't no. wait to read it, mate. It's going to be fantastic. So that book's going to be it's- out in the second half of the year. So probably August, September, we're going to see that book, which is really exciting. So the first living history book, very exciting, available exclusively to everyone out there who is, follows our podcasts, YouTube, everything else that we're doing. It's going to be very exciting. Speaking of books, though, your focus has been on World War Two more recently, hasn't it, with the South Knox it, Bazaar? It, it has. I've got, well, it's been delayed, but the sound version is coming out. Uh, a book, uh, what's the bloody hell called? It's called something or other. At Close Range. Life and death and so, It's always an important uh, skill as an author to remember the name of your own books, I find. Yes. I can't remember the name of my podcast series either. But Gary, has <laughs> I've noticed. To, Gary, I've noticed. Gary, Gary has to tell me at the start of every bloody episode. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> called Peter Hart's Military History, both for you, Pete, it's and for anyone listening very, who wants to follow the podcast. Yeah, it's Peter very Hart's difficult. How the bloody hell am I meant to remember that? You know, Jesus. <laughs> Couldn't you pick something simple like <laughs> it? So, South Knots is ours. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the book's coming out next February, but the, the, the audio version's coming out uh, in May, uh, which is the original publishing. It's a, it's a, I did, uh, what, 50 interviews with South Nazis back in uh, the 90s, I think it was. Yes, my mind's got 
it's not steel trap my mind is it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh they were wonderful they were they were great in, they were in their prime they were about my age to just to, between 65 and 75 when i interviewed them so they were in good condition because interviewing 95 year olds has its value but you know, it's not quite the same value as interviewing them when they're in their prime, <laughs> which I am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, um, so I mean, it just putting that together has been great. And the added great thing for me was it provide. Uh, I started to, the other thing I've been doing is uh, working on the next book, which is the five and four five yeomanry, a second five and four five yeomanry, which are a tank a tank bunch and uh, again I did fifty interviews with them, and that's the next book. But of course, that's been postponed. Well, I mean, it's going to come out. I was, I was meant to hand it in August next year and I was doing your book. So everything's been brought forward with, with your books and that, that's been put on the back burner till the summer. If we hope we're out of, out of this then. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I mean, if people want to know the story of the South, South Knox Hazars, which they should because it's fascinating, uh, the podcast, Peter Hart's Military History, regularly features them. And the thing I love about it, Pete, is that it's a rare opportunity to speak to a large number of men from the same unit. Which, um, it is. It's a lovely it cup, is. by the way. <laughs> <clears throat> and the, I never got to drink out of it. The stories, the stories are great. And the individuals shine through it in the book. And I, I hope in the podcast. The podcasts have been great fun. That was your initiative to, to start that before this all blew up. Uh, and uh, I do it with a, a chap called Gary Bain, who is uh, like a sort of disreputable uncle to me. You know, um, <laughs> he says he's the eye candy. And you can see I'm not, you know. Uh, and uh, Gary, Gary is sort of my, he interviews me a bit like you're interviewing me and gets, tries to get the best out of me, tries to remind me of what the podcast called, things like that, vital jobs like that. But also he provides a, a knowledge and a great sense of humour that, that I think bring it to life. Uh, oh, it does. It works so well. Like, the, the two of you together, it's just, it's brilliant. As I said, it's like two blokes down at the pub having a chat about military history. It's fantastic. Yeah, we love it. And uh, that we've been doing one a week. We, we're obviously six or seven weeks ahead because otherwise you, you, you can't allow for what's going to happen. Uh, and we've been doing sort of one every four or five, six weeks on the South Nuts as ours. But we've been covering, tried to do one Gallipoli topic because that's, for you, me and Gary, that's really where, where we start our interests. Always, yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, but also covering other things, spin-off things like Monash, uh, you know, because I read Peter Pedersen's brilliant book on it, that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, and And then things like, I'm taking a tour group to Sicily. I'm not, uh, you know, clearly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, we did a couple of them, Sicily. Uh, we, Water, the anniversary of Waterloo's coming up. We went to Waterloo, me and Gary about, Gary and I, I do apologise, uh, uh, about uh, whenever it was, uh, two years ago. And we loved it. You know, have you been, Matt? To I've never been to Waterloo, no. It's a gap in my battlefield repertoire. It's fantastic, Matt. And you'd love it. And uh, because it's all still there. So many First World War battles have, have been ruined. Uh, they built a mound which... Wellington said it ruined his ridge. It hasn't ruined it. It's, um, you know, he was just a bad tempered old fart, really. Uh, himself. <laughs> that's that's um, the quote of the, uh, the quote of the video is uh, Wellington was a bad tempered old fart. And long may he be remembered as such. <laughs> Pete, I have to say, you've got a remarkable collection of books there behind you, and I see the word Gallipoli on many of those spines. That, so I'm, sure, I'm sure you would that's have set this up just for this video that you'll be able to reach around now and instantly put your hand on my Gallipoli book, which I'm sure uh, you're in the guidebooks man. within reach. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I promise everyone watching, I didn't set this up with Peter. Let's see how he does. Oh, great success. Great success. <laughs> Except it's the old edition. I'll have to send you the updated one. Well done, Peter. That wasn't a setup. For anyone who's watching, that was not a setup. I was trying to put Peter on the spot. I was trying to embarrass you then, and you, you came through gloriously. But, mate, you sent me a long email about how I was to have it within <laughs> on three. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a segment I want to do in this. This is the first episode, but there's a segment I want to do, which is a show and tell. You know, what's, an, what's something you have there that, you know, means a lot to you that's helping you get through the dark days of isolation? What have you got to show us from your collection? Well, uh, what it is, it's a book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because... Uh, <laughs> I don't collect military stuff. And also, you know, you're not allowed to take home stuff home from Gallipoli. So, you know, I've seen some wonderful things at Gallipoli. But we tell all our people, you can't take things home because you'll get arrested. And I believe the searches can be a little <laughs> intrusive. Yes. So don't get creative about where you hide your... Uh, your... <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your cartridges from Gallipoli. They'll find them. That's a, now, this is the book. And it, 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 it's this book. Now, it's just an ordinary book. Oh, oh sorry. I'm, I'm not entirely. It's called at Suvla Bay. It's by John Hargoves. It came out about 1970, uh, whatever. Uh, no, later than that. But what I love about this is uh, it was uh, two brothers bought this book. And then, I don't know why I leave a thing in. And then, uh, and then, Oh, sorry, wrong camera. <laughs> and then they annotated all the way through Harry and the other one, wow. <laughs> and Hubert Clark. And all the way through the book, they add little notes. Uh, I found one before, which I meant to put a thing So they, in, these but... are got presumably guys that served at Gallipoli. Yeah, yeah. They were in, uh, oh, sorry. They, they were in a, so it's not very good for, yeah. You see the oh, notes? I see there in the margins. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. And it's all the way through. They've written stuff, and you know, I what I like about it is I have never done, I haven't done, I haven't, done, I haven't read it yet. All I've sort of saved it, and I'm going to get stuck into it. You know, and possibly do an article or even a podcast on on the two brothers if I can find more about them. Uh, I like one bit where they're talking about buying melons from. Uh, I just saw that today. I'm not pretend, you know, they're buying melons from a Greek down at Suvla Bay, you know, and. Uh, and uh, one of them, one of the brothers wrote, "Yeah, it gave me dysentery as well because uh, John Hargreaves had, had to." <laughs> and but oh, I, ju- I, you see, for me, look, look at that. Uh, sorry, I don't know whether you can see it because I'm holding yeah, yeah. it. Up. Oh, there's it's notes come- all through it. It's oh yeah. And do you see why I love it? And um, and and for me, you know, that's just uh, they, these two guys served served in a different battery. They were with 33rd Field Ambulance of 11th Division, and they're from Nottingham. I bought it in Nottingham, and it's published in 1916. You know, oh, wow. so for so for me, this is quite a precious thing. Hargreaves wrote another book, which is up there somewhere, uh, in 1960s about Suvla Bay, but it's 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 basically a summary of the uh, official history. It's not that good, you know, but that. That is very special. And what, I think this is an important point for collectors. When I die, that's going to the War Museum. Brilliant. Do you see what I mean? Not sold. That. Most of my books, bugger them, will sell, you know, because the War Museum just sell things anyway. But that should be in a proper collection. And I think this is a point for everybody. To and I'll, uh, I'll pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a drink this time. 
That's a, um, it's a fantastic item because I love personal connections. You know, you know me, Pete, you know that I love personal connections with what went on. How good was it at the time when we were on Dead Man's Ridge and you played me the tape of the man <clears throat> in there who'd been wounded on Dead Man's Ridge at Gallipoli. And then we looked down and we found charger clips from 303 rifles where the men had been, yeah. loading, you. They'd been loading their ammunition on that spot where we were standing. I have to admit, I think you found this. <laughs> I never find anything. Like we were there together. But I mean, that, there was only fighting there on the one day. On, you know, on that, the, no, you know, no, absolutely. Day. Dead Man's Ridge. Yeah, so, but I wanted to show something as well, which is actually in the same vein. We've, we've coordinated this very well. Um, this is something I wanted to show off, which I think you will like, Pete, you have not seen before. I'm going to hold this up here. Can you see that? Oh, well, yeah. I can't read it, though. Uh, it says Armadale oh. CT. Communication trench. Yeah, so Armadale, Armadale. is the original yeah. First World War trench sign from Armadale as a town in northern New South Wales. So the Australians, that's the side of an old ammo tin or something, the Australians hung this up in Armadale communication trench during the First World War. So they knew how they were getting around because obviously the trenches were like cities. You know, there were thousands and thousands of trenches, so they had to have names. So the Aussies called this one Armadale. And I love here, even on the back, you probably find it hard to read, but even on the back... It says, AF France, France, 1916, Posier Communications Local Trench Sign. And do you know what I love even more about this? Is that I looked this up. So the veteran who brought it back, who souvenired it off the wall and brought it back, wrote that he souvenired it from Posier. And do you know what I love about that? You'll relate to this, Pete. He got it completely wrong. I looked and looked and looked. There was no Armadale Trench anywhere at Posier. Armadale Trench was at in between ah. and Hamel from 1918. So I love that. He carried this around in his backpack. He brought it home with him. He hung it on the wall. Eventually he went, oh, I'm getting old. I better write where I found this and got it completely wrong. I absolutely love that. Uh, one of the things about... Most, I, don't have, I don't do a lot of collecting, but that is one of my most prized things that I have. That is brilliant. Personal connection. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I, I, I just think it... Uh, these things uh, sort of bring it to life. Uh, you know, uh, I... I I haven't got the money for military to collect in any way. You know, uh, I don't like metal collecting, although good luck to those who do. And a lot of them do, do great research about the medals they collect. That's fabulous. But, uh, you know, books for me are where it's at. Uh, but that's a fantastic personal thing. And I, did you, you knew the veteran or did you just get it afterwards? Oh, I didn't. I bought it from another collector, but years ago. I mean, God knows how much it's worth now, but... Um... You said it. You said it very well. Bringing it to life. That's the important thing. That's, that's, that's you know, whenever I, I, I don't collect much stuff, but when I do, it's because it brings it to life. And that's the stuff that, I, you know, that's it's important. That's what we do. That's the work that we do is bringing dusty old chapters of history that are long gone back to life. That's what I love about what we do, Pete. It's great. It, it, it's uh, it's a uh, well. I was so lucky to work for the War Museum because I, I was their oral historian for thirty nine years. You know, <laughs> man and boy, longer than you've been alive, Matt. You know, <laughs> and. Very I mean, I, th- I, I think you only saw, I think I remember one or two veterans, First World War veterans. Yeah, absolutely. One. I met one First World War veteran in the time since I've been, I probably met others before I was interested in it, but in the time that I've been studying it actively, I only met one veteran. And thanks to my job and thanks to the War Museum, I, I interviewed 150, 160 of them wow. in detail with people like Joe Murray, who's on the internet. Look him up. Just type in Joseph Murray IWM and it'll come out. You can listen to all all 42 reels. That's uh, 21, 22 hours of it. And what a job, you know. And that that's what... But fully enough, that sign you just showed us, that sums it up. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's true. And oral history is great at feelings about about how things were. It's good at things like 
shitting yourself when you've got dysentery. It's great, you know, because funny enough, you don't write that home to your mum, do you? <laughs> <laughs> dear, ma- dear mum, shat myself again today. Dear, oh dear. You know? or, or to the girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, um, oral history picks up a lot of that stuff because, you know, that's what they remember. They remember, I mean, I can't describe to you how ill they were, for instance, at Gallipoli. And that personal experience, you know, but when they tell you, where a battalion was on a certain day or or where a trench sign came from i mean they're likely to be away with the fairies because it's not testimony it's the, I, I never think of it as testimony best thing to think of it is old men waffling on with some really good and interesting stuff in it if you can be bothered to listen and check it but well, it's that's all a good arms- summary of your podcast as well Pete. <laughs> <Yeah>. oops <laughs> i'm doing a pop <laughs> no no i you know i i always love catching up with you pete and um it's it's great work that you've done at the imperial war museum lots of great work to come some good books looking forward to the uh-huh. book and the other ones coming up um mate thanks for taking the time i'm sure we'll uh, be talking to you on podcasts or videos or something again in the near future but thanks for being a part it's been great cheers matt thank you very much sarah mate Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.